Tandem Nomads, episode 55. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the weekly podcast show for expat partners where you can find great inspiration and tips to build your portable career and thrive in your global nomadic life. I am your host, Emel Teregi. This week is Mindfulness Week. When we go through so many challenges and change, I really think that it is very important to learn how to deal with our emotions and beliefs to make the best of each experience, even the most challenging ones. I have selected for you some of the best insights that have been shared by previous guests on Tandem Nomads. You will discover how mindfulness can be practiced and be really helpful in many, many different situations. Let's start with one of the main challenges we discuss in Tandem Nomads, which is building our source of fulfillment as expat partners through a portable career. In this extract from episode 21 with Jodie Harris, she shares how she practiced mindfulness to handle her identity and career challenges when she moved abroad with her husband. So Jodie is the founder of World Tree Coaching. She helps expats find the balance they need to enjoy their life abroad? I think the most difficult thing was just the loss of the definition of who I thought I was. What I felt the most respected for was my profession, was my career. Mm. And I had my colleagues and people who knew me and, and I didn't realize how much, how important defining myself by that was. I did something that was very difficult for me, but I took a year where I promised I wouldn't actively, I wouldn't at all look for work. You know, maybe I would volunteer or explore things, but I, I used it as a year of reflection. For me, it was making a, a conscious decision to slow down and to spend time thinking about and writing about what really mattered most. Um, I've always had a really strong network of friends, for example, and I felt like that because of our moves, I, I wasn't feeling that it was, that that was coming to me in the way that I wanted it to, you know, I wasn't taking the time for friendships that I wanted to. And so I just committed that I was going to make friends. And, and so that's one example, but, you know, exercise was part of that committing each day to doing exercise because that feels good. And I practice meditation. So meditating is, you know, most days. Um, and so that, that all of that put me in this mode of slowing down and savoring. And I think sometimes when you do that, then, then you see, you know, you see windows where before you wouldn't have noticed. I really believe very strongly in the importance of developing rituals for people in our lifestyle. Um, and, you know, that can be exercise, that can be meditation for some people, you know, it can be something as simple as every night before I go to bed, I read for 10 minutes, you know, because those become your touchstones as you, as you move, they become the things that don't change when every single other thing is changing. We move and we have changes and we have difficult things that come up is that we're still breathing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and most of the time we're more than breathing, right? Most of the time life is really great, but when things are up, you know, we're still breathing. Jodi shares so many more valuable insights of how she managed to build her portable career and deal with some very challenging moments of her life in the full version of this episode. So to get more inspiration and check out her great tips, go to tandemnomads.com slash 21, number two and one. We have another example of how mindfulness can be practiced in a situation that every expat goes through the crazy day before and after a move. So Leah Evans shares some really good 
tips here to include the whole family in making the best of these stressful times. Leah is also an expat partner who managed to build a great portable business. She founded after-school plans that provide fun resources, classes and games to expat children. Leah is also the editor of the book she mentions in this extract, Raising Kids in the Foreign Service. I think a lot of it is is your definition of yourself. Every time you are moving, you have to expand your definition of yourself. Because when I was home in the United States and I knew what everything was and I, I identified myself as capable and strong and independent and then to go abroad and, and I'd have to find a new way to, to, to meet those um, those descriptions I feel like a failure for the first four months because it's, you're trying to figure everything out again. Mm. Um, and to understand that that's just what it is and that it's be kind to yourself and to, and to practice mindfulness, to really be aware of what's going on around you and to live in the moment and to not think so much about the past or the future, but try to embrace what's right in front of you. Um, while still being kind to yourself. I had small children. I had three small children. They were one, three, and five, I think. And I, I was so concerned about how I was going to transition and how I was going to get everything packed up and how I was going to make sure I had ch- checked all the boxes. And we got on the airplane, and I realized we hadn't said goodbye to, um, this officially said goodbye to the school and to some of our friends. You know, mm. we had had our parties and what have you. And the kids were kind of confused. And that's when I started working on my book because I thought you need to really have closure. Mm. And so now what we do is we sit down as a family, and this is all in the book, and we make the list of people, places, and things we want to say goodbye to. And each person picks three of their favorite places and we decorate little tiny stones that we've brought from Ohio, which we consider our home. And we go and we put them there. So, um, so it's, we're leaving a part of ourselves behind. That's how we talk about it. And then for, and then we take pictures of all of it. So we pick the people, places and things. And, and that's really helped us with, with the saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. But then we also try to really embrace the move and get excited about where we're going. So at the same time, we, um, are researching where we're going and making lists of what we're going to do when we get there. So we have something to, to latch on to. And for my kids, that's, we've got to find the best ice cream place in town and we've got to find a really good park and we've got to find a place to do gymnastics. So we make those lists and then we get there. It's, it feels like a scavenger hunt. And, um, and then the third part of it, I think, which is also very important is the actual move and making sure that everybody understands the process and it's not scary and, and um, unknown. And so we have family meetings once a week as we're going up to that move and we make plans and kids have responsibilities so that they're a part of it. And, you know, for my youngest son, his responsibility was to decorate the boxes. So he went around with the crayons and scribbled on all of them. But it it, it kept him involved and it gave him a sense of, of power over the move, I think. In the episode 25, Leah tells us more about her journey living abroad. She even experienced in certain cases some difficult political circumstances, but also she shares her interesting entrepreneurial journey. Uh, So you can get some inspiration from her really interesting story on tandemnomads.com slash 25, number two and five. Now, here's an example from episode 20 of some effective exercises to practice mindfulness. It is a method called Personal Leadership, or PL, that Pari Namazi explains for us here. Pari is a great friend and an intercultural management specialist. She is also the managing partner of the consulting firm Atie International. 
I think PL, when you go through PL, they, they talk about a, a mindset shift, that you have a, uh, you feel a shift. Uh, it's interesting because I think I did feel that shift. Um, you know, in, a, in another way, um, Daniel Goldman says this, that the purpose of mindfulness is to free ourselves from powerful, self-defeating emotional habits. Our lives are full of so much change and there's so many things happening all the time. And uh, I always find it very hard to keep abreast with all of the events, all the experiences. I don't ever have time to reflect on them. Have I learned from them? Am I making the same mistakes? Um, how am I encountering change? And it sort of gives you this process of uh, questioning this, reflecting on it. And um, maybe more important, it actually grounds you on what your values are. That's, that's the personal element, who you are, what's important to you. I think it's important to remember that we have a choice in terms of how we will respond to any situation. It's in our hands. Um, so whatever we think and whatever we feel and what attitudes we have, it comes from within us. Just moving on, the attending to emotion, which is the next practice that you're going to, it's, it's being aware of how you're feeling, trying to read your emotions. Um, and in that situation, I remember I was so angry. You know, I thought like, first my shoulders and my neck tensed up. And second, I thought, you know, here I am, I'm going to explode and do something absolutely crazy over here. The attending to, to emotion side is just being aware uh, that instead of suppressing your emotion, trying to understand it, try to find what the source is. Um, and the next one is uh, attending to physical sensation. So trying to also understand, um, you know, if you have in that situation, like for me, my back tensed up, my neck tensed up, I could just feel it, you know, I could feel the tension over there. So being aware, what is your body telling you as well? These are all, I think, the signs to be, you know, to help you be more aware of what you're going through. So reading those a little bit carefully, and that's one part of it. The next practice would be cultivating stillness. Um, can I take a moment to give myself some space to just see what is going on here? How, how do I quiet my mind for a minute and not let all of this negative or positive or, you know, just not let everything come into me? How do I quiet my mind and give myself some space to, to think, to uh, create that inner connection with myself again? Uh, you, you can quiet your mind being in the right in that same space um and it's interesting for me in that example i went out of the room but um there there are other ways of doing it as well there are other ways of clearing your mind of giving yourself some space it's a, it's a little bit of maybe zoning out and giving yourself some quiet time to think or to reassess there is so much more to know about pl as i have experienced it myself i can tell you that once you start practicing pl it makes a huge difference in the day-to-day -day life and the way we deal with some of the frustrations that can stop us from evolving in our personal lives and careers so i really encourage you to check out the full version of this episode just an extract would not be enough to explain all the great tools pl provides us so um Pari explains us all the details on how to practice personal leadership and you can check that out on tandemnomads.com slash 20, number two and zero. Speaking of practicing mindfulness, here is an example where you realize that if you take the habit to do it regularly, you can really develop the right natural reaction when cases of extreme emergencies happen. Sunday Bean is an intercultural specialist and an expat coach, but Sunday will share some amazing insights here on how she dealt with one crisis after another when she moved to Burkina Faso that unfortunately got 
quite challenged on the public health and political aspect. If you practice the the approach or the method of mindfulness and stepping back and self-reflection and applying intercultural concepts, you know, certain dimensions of culture, if you practice that over and over, even though it's clunky and awkward in the beginning, you will train it so when you're in a situation and it catches you off guard, mm-hmm. you're more likely to respond from mm-hmm. a place of non-judgment and curiosity um, than you would if you didn't train it. Mm-hmm. You know, before I had adapted to life in Switzerland, and Switzerland is known for its high preference for security. They have insurance for homes, for pets, for unborn children, really a very, very um, secure area. So I transitioned. I had both my children in Switzerland from sort of the epitome of security in Europe, and then I moved to West Africa. And so for me, it was already a stretch taking my children um, to West Africa because I had less, um, so the quality of medical um, support that was possible was lower. The risk of malaria was higher, for example. So I'd already um, brought myself on an individual level to a stretch. But the way I coped with that was through getting information, talking to locals, and to expats living in Wagadougou and asked how did they cope with that, what are the real risks, not what's just imagined in my mind, Mm -hmm. and I got um, more grounded information. That helped me make the transition. But when um, the Ebola crisis came, although thankfully it never reached Burkina, it felt very close because we were in West Africa and it was, you know, in the general direction in terms of the map, so it made me really nervous of dealing with a level of uncertainty that I've never experienced before through um, sort of a strengthened a strengthen understanding of my husband and I, um, we developed a plan, what feels right for us and when do we make a decision to change our situation. So it's everything has happened sort of gradually um, in terms of building my tolerance for uncertainty, um, grounding my understanding in facts from people who are very experienced um, in, let's say, security or highly experienced expats. And then at the end of the day, having to take that information and making my own call on what to do that feels safe for me, not for anybody else, but for me and my family. Because Mm -hmm. everybody has very different experiences, very different levels of comfort with uncertainty or risk. Mm-hmm. And no judgment on wherever that is in the spectrum. I just had to decide what was right for my family and trust that it was what made mm-hmm. sense for us. Shortly before we recorded this interview, the Burkina Faso was victim of a terrible, terrible terrorist bombing in a hotel bar restaurant where she and her friends used to hang out. So after this ed- episode, using the same um, thought process that she describes here, Sunday decided to leave Burkina Faso. She moved back to Switzerland with her kids, waiting for her husband to figure out his next career steps. So since then, Sunday and her family just recently moved to South Africa, and I wish them all the best there. Sunday is full of great resources for expats who get stuck with their careers um, or with difficult situations related to expatriation. So I really encourage you to get inspired and check out the full episode on tandemnomads.com slash 28, number two and eight. If you find 
all these insights here inspiring to you, please make sure to share this episode with your friends who are looking to build a portable career or thrive in their global nomadic life. And one thing, some of these extracts mention the identity crisis that a lot of expat partners go through when they give up their careers to join their spouses abroad. Tandem Nomads Best of Series and podcast episodes will take a short break and resume in the course of September. So starting from around the second half of September, we will dig deeper in this topic and see how some expert partners managed to reinvent themselves, find the fulfillment they were looking for, and build inspiring portable businesses. So don't miss any of these great tips that are coming up soon, and stay tuned to turn the challenges of relocation into great opportunities for you and your world.